0: One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 135 of the dynasty debates the best kept secret in all of dynasty fantasy football i am your humble host as always evan brown the humblest host in the biz some say you can catch me over on twitter at FF like revolution but with my name you get it it's a whole thing um you can follow the show at dynasty debates you can drop me an email dynasty debates at gmail.com let me know what you love what you hate what you want to hear more of on the show guys it is a great day. Not because of the football. The football was pretty horrific and there was a lot of sad things, but it is a great day because I get to talk fantasy football with an amazing guest, a return guest, I might add. It is the King of Thirst himself, Troy King at T King Mode on Twitter. He is a an extraordinary gentleman i shall say the creator of thirsty thursdays as we know it um he is a fantasy content creator over at football guys destination devy he also works with the fantasy playbook he is a man of many talents master
1: of all of them
0: from what i can tell troy how the heck are you buddy
1: man thank you so much evan for that intro i'm doing great man i'm just happy to be back appreciate you inviting me back and yeah, man, I know we're talking about stage, backstage. We're talking about a lot of things. And I know we got a lot to talk about. These said there's this weekend is a bad football, a lot of depressing injuries, but I know we're gonna get into it. Yes, sir. It is always great to
0: have you back. So excited that you were able to make the time. And how I mean, like, I don't even know how to feel after week seven, to be honest with you. Like Man, we'll get into the actual news and we'll talk some injuries. It's pretty heartbreaking stuff. But I was thinking about this, right? Like, I mean, we're living in a world where the Packers suck, the Bucks suck, the Giants are awesome, the Jets suck but are awesome. Uh, I don't know what's going on. What What is going on? What do you think of the What do you think of the NFL this year? And what do you think of fantasy football? I actually put out a tweet right before we came on, just again in context of this. Two tweets actually back to back. One was the Raiders are averaging the third most points per game in the NFL at this point in time, but there are two and four. And if the draft were to happen tomorrow, they would have the ninth overall pick. And then on the other side of it, it's like also the Denver Broncos are averaging, I believe it's 14.2 points per game through seven games. That is the worst since the 2018 Cardinals at like 14.1 points per game. So just some weird stuff that we, if you had told me in the preseason, Like, oh, uh, you know, the the Broncos are going to be dead last in points per game and actually like historically bad offense. I would have just laughed at you and thought you were smoking something. But what is your biggest takeaway so so far through seven weeks of the NFL season and even just fantasy football?
1: I I find it funny because I was thinking to myself today because I thought that this year was so unique with whether it was with injuries, whether it was unpredictability. But then I think to myself, man, this is every year. Every year there's something that shocks us there's something that every year that it's like abnormal. And it's like, oh, this is the craziest year of fantasy football. But I feel like it's just fantasy football in general. It's no matter. I, my takeaway is you can prepare all you want for the season, but the plan is not going to go according to plan. Like, man, the things that are happening, the people who are in the top 10 of everything, it's just completely like out of left field, right? Like you have some guys that we're doing their thing, like You got like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, like the obvious guys are doing what they're doing. But then you have some random names in there, right? Some random dudes that like you weren't expecting to emerge or be great. Like we knew Saquon was going to be good, we didn't know Saquon was going to be like this good, for example, right? It's just Jalen Hurts, just looking. We knew he's going to be good. We didn't look. We didn't know he's going to ascend to this level. Josh Allen's doing this thing, but like guys like Geno Smith. Geno Smith to me is the biggest anomaly, like he was supposed to just be awful. Like no one wanted any pieces of the Seattle offense, but now it's like, yo, I want the receivers. I want Kenneth Walker. I want Geno Smith as like a streamer or super flex leagues. Like these are like, that's one of the craziest storylines to me. And I can't, you know, get away from, but yeah, I would say that. And also just how I just want to stack up on just wide receivers early. I think next time I'm able to draft, even though we've had some wide receiver injuries too, I just feel like the running backs, the running backs are really going down hard. And it's it's not like the wide receivers can't get hurt too, because obviously we we saw that they can, but it seems to be an abnormal amount of running back injuries to the top guys, Swift, Jonathan Taylor, like Brees Hall, Javante Williams. Like it's And like your season is over, right? You, you could no matter how well you drafted, it's like, Oh, you know, we're we're playing waiver wire guys. Like waiver wire guys are almost more important now than they have been in a long time. So yeah, it's, Those are my feelings about how this has gone.
0: Love it, yeah. I mean, no, I totally agree with you. I think from what I from the notes I've taken here, you've basically been converted to a running back, a zero running back guy, and (laughs) we need to just stockpile the wide receivers. No, I I I agree, man. Like, I mean, that's honestly that's the journey that I've been on. Like all offseason, I was literally basically on that kick i was like stockpiling any startups that i did i was just focusing on wide receivers maybe an elite tight end if i could get one um and you know quarterbacks if it's a super flex league i gotta be honest with you i mean it's not been so bad so far (laughs) you know i think i think the ultimate you know i think ultimately right now as far as i can tell especially in dynasty the the best way to go is hero rb just have one real awesome young stud that if they're healthy somebody like a you know an etienne a swift or somebody like that who when they're healthy they're putting up great points they're catching those passes but When you're putting two, three, four of your top five picks into like running backs, man, like you said, and one or two of them goes down. I mean, there's teams out there right now with Javante Bay and Brees Hall on IR, (laughs) and it's just, it's not good. It's not a good time at all. So, no, I totally agree with you, man. It is, um, we got a lot to get into. We're going to jump into it here. Well, since we're already on the bad news stories, we might as well just continue on. An
1: honorable hatchet man does not lie. A hatchet
0: man right up behind him with a hatchet smash 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 anyone can carry a hatchet even a liar you have been on the show before you know all about the hatchet man of the week i have given this name this is a term i use in my own personal life probably too much some might say um, but yeah hatchet man is just a nice way of like it's like a nice swear word that I've invented where I can just say you're a hatchet man and I mean it in a love kind way, but it, cause it's, you know, especially in the context of what we're talking about, it's probably somebody you like, or you, you wanted good things for and they just kind of completely let you down and hurt your feelings yet again. Um, who's
1: your, who's your pick for hatchet man of the week? Tonight? I would say for me, my hatchet man, it's kind of a left field kind of guy. It's M- Miko Hardman. And the reason why, is because I used to, when he first got drafted, I was super high on Mikol. You know, that was the year that, you know, Tyreek Hill was having his drama. Like, okay, they drafted him as the Tyreek Hill replacement. And I always found, like, I know he had some limitations, but I'm like, I remember in fantasy, like, over the years, like, I always tried to play him. I'm like, oh, he's he's that secret weapon. And, like, he would have, like, okay games, whatever. Then this week, he's, like, one of the – he's a wide receiver one with two rushing – touchdowns or receiving touchdown is It's just like Miko Hartman, like he just balls out of nowhere. Like there's no predicting it. So yeah, I probably started him in one league, but any other league, like most of the leagues I have him in our dynasty, but like he was firmly planted on the bench. So I'm just losing all these matchups and I'm seeing Miko Hartman, who's done nothing for me <laughs> all year. And I'm seeing him just go off on my bench. Like, where have you been for the past like four years? Like, where was this? So it was, just seeing that, like, because I've been such a truther, I mean, I've fallen off the truther cliff with him like a while ago, but just seeing that, it's just like, Miko, why are you doing this to me? It's just like a cruel, sick joke, you know? So it's like, the fact that like, if I did play him, which mostly I wouldn't have, but if I put him in my lineup, I would have won a lot more matchups than I did. So just seeing that, that's why he's my hatchet man. You get
0: it. You 100% nailed the Hatchman of the week. I'm basically exactly, exactly what you're talking about. Only for me, it's DJ Moore. It's like <laughs> DJ Moore has been like, he's. Tied for my most rostered player in Dynasty. I have loved DJ Moore. I have waxed lyrical about DJ Moore for years. And I just got to the breaking point with him. I, I was like, I can't start him this week. He's PJ Walker. He's going against the Bucks. You know, he's just not been... He's been getting all these targets and doing nothing with them. He's not had any boom games. And lo and behold, on my bench, of course, he comes out as the wide receiver eight on the week um, with PJ Walker at quarterback. <laughs> and to add insult to injury, I dropped him in a redraft league this weekend because I was just like... You know what? Because I, again, kind of jokingly, you know, what we talked about with the 0RB thing in this league, it's actually um, a friend of the show, uh, Jeff, co-host of the Tackle Dummies pod. So I was like, oh, yeah. I invited, I, I was Greenaway. chatting to him about yeah. his league he was going to do for his listener league. So I went and I'm in his listener league because I really love and support what he's doing. And um, it's a best ball. So they've decided to make it a best ball. And when we did the draft, I went really wide receiver heavy. So I have Tyree Kill. I have Jamar Chase. I have Stephon Diggs. I have quite a great wide receiver. And I was really light on my running. back now i had kenneth walker because he was a later draft pick because nobody was expecting this from him this so early and uh, a couple of guys like that and i was like man i really need running back help so i i dropped dj Moore this week because i was like he's not been doing anything for me i need running back help and i think i i i need to go check i don't know for sure but i'm pretty sure i might have dropped him for Kenyon drake which is just adding insult to injury um so yeah he he went off on pretty much all my benches i lost a couple mashups by like five seven points or something that you know he clearly would have won me if he if he had played like this so thanks very much for that dj moore appreciate that after all the uh all the amount of times i've stood up for you really really appreciate that buddy spilling the tea gonna move on here and talk about some news because we did kind of mention it there we do need to just hit this because man there's some (sighs) And again, full disclosure. Now this is being recorded on Monday night. So we're actually recording a little bit earlier in the week. It's just the day that worked best for Troy. He's such a busy dude. Got a lot of shows that he's pumping out there. And um, I was able to snag him here on a Monday. So Monday Night Football hasn't even happened yet. We're recording sort of 9 p.m. British Standard Time. So... Monday Night Football hasn't even happened, and already we have a laundry list of injuries here. We're gonna run through. So don't forget though, when you when this episode drops on Thursday, Chiefs and Chargers are on bye this week, so nowhere near as many teams on bye, which is great. But a couple of really good teams. So a couple of teams that you probably have a lot of pieces of. So you'll need to make other plans. I'm just gonna run through the injury news and notes here, and then I'm gonna throw it over to Troy here. Get your ideas, your thoughts. If you have any of these specific injuries, maybe you want to highlight or talk about the impact. Of. So we got in, um, we had David Joku left, but it does seem to just be a sprained ankle from what I hear. Again, this is being recorded Monday night. Further clarity will be coming out during the week, but hopefully nothing serious. Mike Williams looked scary at the time, his ankle situation, but apparently, again, early days, but apparently the the tests have come back negative and it is just some sort of ankle sprain, hopefully not a high ankle sprain. Um, We'll have to, again, pay attention to the news, see how this goes. They're on bye this week. Hopefully that gives them a chance to heal up. Really annoying and sad news, Ross St. Brown, who we've kind of been waiting for these last couple of weeks as he's been getting back from injury and then bye week, came out, played, I think it was like, what, two or three snaps or something, and then went into the concussion protocol, so... First and foremost, we obviously want um, his health to be the first priority. Hopefully he is okay you know, getting through the concussion protocol, but that was very frustrating for fantasy. Alan Lazard left the game with a shoulder injury. So the Packers offense has been struggling mightily, obviously lost to the Taylor Heineke led commanders um, at the weekend there, which as a Vikings fan, I'm not too sad about, but Alan Lazard now beat up. They've also, they've already got Randall Cobb on IR. So things are looking pretty bleak over there with the Packers. Chuba Hubbard was looking really good, actually really good. I think he was averaging like seven yards a carry, something like that for the Panthers and he has a little bit of a tweaked ankle no word yet whether it's a high ankle sprain or just a normal sort of low lower ankle sprain that he may be able to play this week but again something that you might want to monitor um Corey Davis left with a knee injury Denzel Mims then left with an injury as well I've just heard as well right before we recorded here I believe it's Elijah Vera Tucker's now out for the season for the Jets um on their offensive line Brees Hall has a confirmed ACL tear he is out for the season which is awful um, We hate to see that. Nico Collins left the game with a groin injury. We don't know how serious or how long that's going to be. I know Wandale Robinson had some sort of a groin issue, lower body issue um, in the second half of the game there. He was able to keep playing, but he wasn't targeted. He wasn't a major part of the offense. Hopefully that's nothing too serious. DK Metcalf left the game with a knee injury. Um, Initial x-rays suggest that it is negative. Suggest I believe it was a patella tear or tendon or something like that. Um, Again, early Monday day Monday being recorded here Monday evening so we'll have to pay attention hopefully he avoids surgery hopefully it's not an IR situation but it's not good and then another situation that was just wild like this was one of the craziest situations to me I don't know if I've ever seen this happen before but you uh, rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger had literally a um, as he was being tackled this man the guy's hand went through his visor and and basically stabbed him in the eye and there was blood all over the place it was horrific looking I've heard that he has broken some bone like in his ocular cavity. Um, It looks really serious. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, prayers for him and his family. And hopefully he won't lose vision or anything crazy like that. But that is really scary. And again, could be him out for a while, which is really sad. He was really coming on, really becoming an intricate part of their offense. And then the last piece of news here is just a weird sort of left I didn't see this coming. I mean, I knew Matt Ryan hadn't been playing particularly well, but apparently he's been dealing with some sort of shoulder separation. But even with that, uh, apparently Frank Reich has come out and said he's being benched now for Sam Ellinger. And it's not just even while his health is a concern. It's apparently rest of the season. It's like, that's it. He's in the backseat. Actually, he's going to be QB three now, apparently. Apparently, um, Nick Foles is going to be QB two. Sam Ellinger has got the reins. It's so much to try and process here. I'm going to put you on the spot, Troy. Is there any of these bits of news that kind of jumps out at you that you want to maybe even just talk about for a minute or kind of process your thoughts uh, on from a dynasty perspective?
1: Sure. So for the Armada St. Brown, it looks like they came out and it was similar to the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing where with the new rules, if he showed a little bit of instability. So that's why he's in the concussion protocol, even though he doesn't have a concussion. So we should be able to clear it very soon because he doesn't have a concussion. So that's... Good news news. there. Uh, For the Tuba Hubbard thing, we'll see about his ankle. He looked... I mean, him and Dante Foreman looked way better than I expected them to. Uh, The Brees Hall one, obviously, is just a killer. Like, it's unbelievable. He's, again, he was absolutely amazing this year. But for Dynasty, I think he's going to be just fine. I think that he's obviously a trade target. There's going to be people who are trying to contend. So now I think, maybe not this week, but you're going to be able to buy him, try to buy him in season because he's on a contender. They're trying to win. If you have some win now piece that you could trade for Brees Hall, I would definitely try to do that. He's worth shipping a lot for, because again, if he's healthy, you saw what he could do when he's healthy and he should be good to go next year. So yeah, I'm going to try to buy Brees Hall. Um, But yeah, DK, I don't think it, I think they came back. It shouldn't be too serious, but Yeah, from a dynasty perspective, I mean, Sam Ellinger, we'll see. I don't have a lot of faith, I'll be honest with you. We might be seeing Nick Foles there again. I don't know a lot about Sam Ellinger, I'll be honest. But I he he has a decent offensive line. They're going to run the ball a lot, I think. But for those who are looking forward to the Paris Campbell and Paris Campbell, he was breaking out. But now with Sam Ellinger, is he going to get all those targets? I don't know. The whole, I don't really want a lot of pieces on the offense outside of like Jonathan Taylor, to be honest with you, with Sam Ellinger there. So that's kind of how I feel. I mean, I'm going to try to pick him up in Dynasty just to see what happens. I mean, a lot of people are. But yeah. just to yeah, you have him to. on the bench. You have to because like, anyone, anyone who's breathing and is a starting quarterback, you're going to try to pick him up, right? So yeah. he's going to be a very hot you know, <laughs> pickup. But yeah, that's, those are my initial takes on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're you're spot on there when you talk about even the fact that as bad as Matt Ryan was these last few weeks or whatever, he was actually throwing the ball an awful lot. You know, he threw the ball, I believe 102 times in the last two games or something like that. Like, it was it was ridiculous. Um, so he's throwing the ball an awful lot. I don't imagine that they're going to let Sam Ellinger loose and just expect him to chuck it 45, 50 times a game. They're probably going to, like you said, try and establish the run. They're probably going to have some planned organized sort of like shorter screens and things like that and passing game that I'm assuming. It just sucks, man. It's crazy. Let's talk about some couple of, you got a couple of Start set questions kind of we're going to hit here. And then we're going to talk some trades because I think it's a really good part of the season right now in Dynasty to get some trades done. I know I've seen a lot more uptick in sort of the trade markets in a lot of my leagues. Employee of the Week. Got Busmart, which is a player that you're probably excited or maybe not excited, but you're expecting good things from. You're expecting to plug into your lineup. And we're saying, you know what? Maybe pivot. Maybe... Don't start them, or if you have to start them, at least manage your expectations. We're not expecting for big things. So the guy I had last week was Cortland Sutton. Um, That was my sort of let's let's just pump the brakes here. Let's wait and see what happens. And that was before I knew that Russell Wilson was ruled out. I thought Russell Wilson was going to just play anyways, to be honest with you. So Cortland Sutton did have nine targets, which is really good, but he only had three receptions for 23 yards. I believe he had five point something PPR points. So hopefully you listened. Hopefully you were able to sit him or pivot off of him who's your kind of bus mark candidate this week troy i think it's a pretty big name here
1: yeah i'm gonna go for two for and they both play for the same team so i'll say kyle pitts and drake london so kyle pitts he should have if it wasn't for his name alone he would have been dropped after like week one (laughs) because it's just we're holding out hope that he is talented and that the arthur smith is going to realize how talented he is he could have you know he was really close to getting a touchdown last week but Even if he got that touchdown, does it really matter? Like, are you confident? He's basically just, he's like a tight end like everyone else. He's not the Travis Kelsey. He's not Mark Andrews. He's not getting that. Like, and apparently he had like a 38% target share, right? But it doesn't matter if they're only passing it like 12 times, right? It doesn't matter the target share when it's that low of a volume offense. It's like, yeah, it's great, but it's just, it's not inspiring. And it's just, again, He's you're holding out hope as like I, I some part of me wants to drop him, right? And because again, if you look redraft, at the stats in redraft. In re- yeah, sorry, in redraft, yeah. In dynasty, please do not do that. <laughs> Let me definitely <laughs> clarify. In Dynasty, do not do that in redraft. He's 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 droppable. Let's let's be honest. Like I don't know if I, I'm scared to tell people that, but if you took off his name and just look at his stats, you would absolutely drop him. And then yeah. Another thing you have to look at is like rest of season. Are we expecting a huge shift? And I've seen other people talk about Arthur Smith's going to get fired. But the thing about it is that they're actually, because of the vision is so terrible. He's not, they're actually still in it. They are still have the ability to make the playoffs, even though they're just running right. Like they were down like 21 points yesterday and they continue just to run, run, run. And like, Look at the people they're running with Tyler Algier and like Caleb Huntley and like Avery Williams. It's just like you don't have the horses for this, my guy. Like you your best assets are Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Drake London has also sucked for the past like three, four weeks. And even again, he's getting for the most part, he usually gets a pretty high target share. But if you barely pass in, it doesn't matter what your target share is. And they are in it with the run game. And I don't see why arthur smith is going to all of a sudden make a huge shift and just start throwing the ball unless they're playing to mario to strengths if they put in desmond ritter do they just switch the offense up off? i feel like it would be more the same right you're going to be running especially the fifth round rookie you're probably still going to be running the ball but maybe just his passes might be more accurate i don't know the new sees him in practice all the time there's a reason why desmond's not you know starting but also they're in it even though it's gross the entire division is absolutely terrible so that's why they're still in the mix of being able to make the playoffs or possibly win the division just because it's so awful. So I would say that till further notice, I rather play guys like Evan Ingram. I'm looking, I'm streaming tight end. Even Irv Smith hasn't done anything, but he's done more than Kyle Pitts. You know, it's just like, I, I think I'm going to be just sitting. It's just, you like the upside. I mean, you might as well. I mean, if those are your options, but I'm looking for a guy like Evan Ingram, who at least is getting a decent target shit. Right. So even though he's not a sexy name, That's what I'm going to compare it to. I'm going to look at guys like you don't have to throw in any name. You know, Kyle Pitts is better than some of the guys on the waivers, but I'd rather get a guy who is getting consistent targets here. And there's Drake London, too. Drake London, his production is replaceable with any guy on the waiver wire. So he's somebody you can absolutely sit to. So, yeah, those are two guys that you do not need to play.
0: Yeah. and 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 that's. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's just, it is. And that's where we're at in 2022. We just have to have that sort of come to Jesus moment where we just realize that, you know, until further notice, we need, you know, at this point, it's okay, like if if Kyle Pitts blows up this week on your bench, I think that's okay. I think you you you've, you're justified in saying that that was the right process, you know, in in sitting him based on what's happened. I mean, guys like Noah Fant are playing better than him. Guys like you know Irv Smith. Guys like you know, like you said, guys off the waiver wire are playing just as well, if not better, than Kyle Pitts. Um, so I I agree with you. I think you're 100 percent right there. My my boss mark candidate for the week is actually Christian Kirk. Um, now this comes off the back of him having a really good game in week. Seven. He was wide receiver. Fifteen. He had ten targets. That's all positive. That's all good. The issue is who's coming to town. It is the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos have the number one passing DVOA defense. um So defense adjusted value over average. That means they're number one out of thirty-two teams. <laughs> they're the number two defensive DVOA overall. Zach Wilson. I mean, let's be honest. Zach Wilson is not He's Trevor not Lawrence. Good. I appreciate that 100% so let's not don't hear what I'm not saying but at the same time Zach Wilson had 121 yards and zero passing touchdowns against Denver I mean this is not a plus matchup Patrick Sertan the second is an absolute beast he's a stud he's got the second best coverage grade via PFF of any cornerback playing at least 50 snaps this season Um, Denver is 26th out of 32 teams and fantasy points allowed to the slot wide receiver or just the outside wide receiver so it doesn't matter whether Kirk's going to be playing in the slot or playing out wide it's not a plus matchup. It is not a good situation. And you know, it, yes, the Jaguars have looked better than they did last year, but they're still not a dominant team on offense. They're not like killing it. So I, I would be, you know, I am fine. If you're playing him as like a wide receiver three or a flex or something, depending on your roster, but I'm not expecting a boom game from him. I'm not like plugging him into my, and if I have better options, I mean, which you probably don't with all the injuries and bye weeks and things like that. But if you have better options, I'm okay. pivoting off of him. Uh, Studs or Russ is that just trying to, look into the crystal ball here and give you a little bit of confidence for a player or a situation so last week my um studs r us pick was deandre hopkins so a lot of people and it sounds weird to say now in hindsight but at the time a lot of people were like man i don't know should i start deandre hopkins i'm not sure about this he's you know been out for a long time he looked pretty rusty the cardinals suck obviously I highlighted my reasons and rationale as to why you should start him. He came out 19.3 PPR points, 14 targets. So that was a good call. What do you think then? What have you got for us as far as a Studs R Us pick for this week specifically?
1: Sure. So for this week, Zay Jones, he's been somebody that he's been very involved with the Jaguars offense. You know, They paid him more money than we thought he was going to get paid, but He's been fairly decent. You know, He again, he's been very involved in the offense. So I think that, like, I've had to play him in some deeper dynasty leagues. But I just want to reference getting who are going to get the opportunities, right? Like, you know, there's, there's some obvious names out there, but I like to find some hidden gems, right? Just guys you can plug into your flex. If you have buys, these are good buy week filler type of guys that should have an opportunity offense. Like you said, I know the Broncos' defense is going to be tough, but I think that as a volume play, I think the Jaguars are going to have to pass a lot. So I think yeah. based off of volume alone, yes, they're going to be tough. And I think Christian Kirk, look, I think, yeah, Patrick Sertan, I think he's going to be focused on Christian Kirk. He's the number one. And I think that may Zay Jones maybe gets some opportunities based off of that. And
0: that's the whole point of Studs Ross. Ross is literally somebody that you're not sure if you should start. You're like, oh, I don't know. Like, they're on my taxi squad. They're on the waiver wire. They're on my bench. Do I throw them in this week or not? For me, that is literally the the situation we're talking about with Dante Foreman. Um, It is the fact that Christian McCaffrey's out of town. It is the fact that Hubbard looked good, tweaked his ankle. So even if he does play this week, there's a good chance he's not 100%. He's not full go. That's what gives me a confidence of, you know, and, and to be fair, I mean, dude, like Foreman looked really good. <laughs> like, he they looked really good against it, yeah. Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, I mean, yes, they're not like the number one defense in the NFL, but they're not bums. They're not like, oh, that's a cupcake, easy matchup. You know, I mean, that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still. Um, And he, he ran all over in 15 rush attempts for 118 yards. I know he had one big, really splashy play, but even still, he had really Solid production. Um, they've got nothing to lose. They've Matt rules out of town. You know they've just shipped off CMC. They're in like this rebuild year. They're just out there playing ball I think they're having fun they're letting it go and I I think you can plug Dante Foreman in this week um, if you're especially with all these injuries and things like that if you need to they're facing Atlanta Atlanta's 29th in defensive DVOA and 25th in rush DVOA so you know they're really bottom of the barrel against stopping the run or just stopping anybody in general so could very well be a PJ Walker top 12 and you know Dante Foreman top 12 sort of a week let's ride or let's hide so again if you haven't been following along if you're just here because of Troy King I understand completely i would be here for troy king as well um but let's ride or let's hide is a segment where we try and highlight you know an actual matchup instead of just a player so i think it's really helpful to talk about a specific player or two that maybe we are uh, we've been highlighting somebody like christian kirk or somebody like Deontay Foreman. gives you an insight into sort of how we think how we process matchups what we're looking for and whether we're trying to avoid or go for someone but i think it's also helpful because you know let's face it and in your league you may not be the person with Don and You may not be the person with Christian Kirk. So instead of you sitting here and thinking, well, I didn't get any good information out of all that, we're going to do a little, we do a little segment now called Let's Ride or Let's Hide. So it's a matchup that we want to attack. We want pieces of. We just want to find ways to get these guys into our lineups. Or do you know what? We want to look ahead. And as we're planning out our week, our trades, our start sits, our situations, you know, who are we trying to avoid? What matchups are we just trying our best to keep out of? Uh, so with that in mind, I will throw it to my esteemed guest here, Mr. King, who do you got for us so, so what's your who's your let's hide matchup like who are you trying to just stay away from if at all possible
1: here yeah, i think you, you and i both agree on this but it's patriots jets i feel like just fantasy wise you know we have mac jones coming off injury it's just not that explosive an offense yeah you guys guys like you know jacoby myers might be good remandre stevenson you know damian harris we'll see how they you know play tonight but i feel like it's just not a super sexy offense so it's not uh, inspiring and then Zach Wilson has really hurt the upside of his receivers. Like when Joe Flacco was there, Gary Wilson was balling out. Corey Davis was doing his thing. Tyler Conklin. Now it's just not exciting. And without Brees Hall, Michael Carter is probably someone that you want to target, but, or if you have him play, but. It's, not very inspiring so i'm trying to stay away from that as much as possible yeah exactly
0: we we um so i put the show sheet together and i send it to the guests they get a chance to kind of look at it and you know type in their answers and stuff and so yeah we've we've actually both we've looked at the state of games here in week eight and we both want to avoid the patriots jets for all those reasons halls out you know it's a 41 point over under i mean that means that like vegas who are very good at setting these lines and knowing what to expect they don't even expect more than about 20 points per team you know so it could be a field goal fest um new New England is top 10 defense and DVOA across the board. And yeah, I agree with all those points you make. I don't actually want to start anybody in that matchup. Like if I can help it, because Ramondre's been great while Harris is out, but man, they vulture each other like crazy when they're both healthy. Like it literally is. Russian roulette on who gets the touchdown that week Um, and the Jets defense hasn't been terrible so it's not like they're just going to run all over them and they're going to both get three touchdowns so yeah if you have to I'm willing to start Ramondre or Harris especially we haven't seen how Monday Night Football goes we don't know the health situations Michael Carter again you mentioned if you're struggling Tyquan Thornton has looked good we'll see how he plays you know obviously um, but he's looked interesting or intriguing and Mac or Bailey if, if Mac isn't back yet in a super flex league if you're desperate but yeah that's about it as far let's ride so you know in the illustrious Mr. Wilson's words let's
1: ride who's it what's a matchup that you just want to attack you want pieces of I want and it's not just a homer pick I like Dolphins Lions I think even though the Dolphins offense besides the first drive last night didn't look great. I think overall you're gonna want obviously Tyreek Hill. You want Jalen Water. I think even Gusecki's a play. Raheem Moster. Raheem Moster has looked really good this year. There's low-key. I think he's one of the guys that you got cheap. He's looked absolutely good. And Detroit just we saw what Zeke and Pollard did, right? They're just so easy to run on. So I think we see Raheem Mostert actually go off. So I want that. And then on the flip side, even though the lines didn't do well, we know they throw a lot. So I, and I don't expect. Who knows when Swift is coming back? You know, after the bye week, you would have thought that he would be healthy enough to go. But the fact that he missed this week, even after the bye, it's concerning. So, yeah, I want Jamal Williams. I want, you know, maybe not any other running back, but you want Hawk. I think Josh Reynolds has a better game. You know, Miami secondary is a little bit banged up, and Brandon Jones, is the safety, he is just going on IR. So that's another reason why, like Amari Saint Brown. He's probably gonna have himself a game. They'll see if X, you know, Xavier Howard's on him, but I think he's gonna do well. I mean, Hawk, our linebackers, you know, are banged up too. So Hawk might be able to take advantage of that. So Yeah, I want pieces of both sides.
0: Yeah, 100%. I am with you on that one. My Let's Ride matchup this week is actually the Bengals versus the Browns. So it's a little bit of an unusual matchup, maybe, you know, when you first hear about it. But a couple of reasons why for me personally is just 47-point over-under. So it's a fairly healthy over-under, you know, closing in on that 50-point that we look for. Uh, Cleveland is actually, I think we have this You know, perception in our minds that Cleveland is this really great defense or this really strong defense. They're actually 31st in defensive DVOA, and there's only 32 teams. So they're 27th against the pass specifically. We just saw Joe Burrow torch. Um, scorched the face of the earth. I unfortunately had to play against him in a league and it wasn't fun. You know, he put up about 50 points on me and um, yeah, I mean, and that was against Atlanta who, you know, granted are giving up the worst or the most, you know, points to the wide receiver and all that kind of stuff. But like we just talked about, Cleveland's not great. Cincinnati is actually eighth in defensive DVA. So they're actually a pretty good solid defense, but they're 16th in rush DVOA, So they're kind of middle of the pack and rushing is what Cleveland does well. So I think it could I think it could match up quite nicely for us a good fantasy game chase I want to start Higgins I want to start Chubb, Boyd Burrow, Mixon even because like we said it's a fairly juicy matchup with a decent over under and they're not the best defense against the run Um, I'm even willing to start Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper and Jacoby Brissett if it's a super flex league if you're kind of desperate for a QB two in that situation the QB situation has been pretty gross this year and in general to be honest I'm excited here we're going to talk trades love talking trades here and I got a couple of trades we want to talk about with my man here and get Some insight because I want to see some. I want to get you guys doing some more trades here and getting some more trades sent in. Let's make a deal. Sold your ways. We have two trades that we're going to talk through here quickly.
1: I'll let you go first as the guest. Troy, what's the trade you got for us? Sure. So a trade I recently did, I have a I decided to rebuild in this league. So I have a lot of injuries. So I gave up. Nick Chubb and Ty Lockett, and I got back Trey Lance, Elijah Moore, and a third. So this, for me, I think Trey Lance is stepping. I think that people left him for dead. I don't think they realize what he's coming back to, especially with the CMC trade. I think that Jimmy G, he showed again how, like, look, anyone who's hoping that, you know, maybe they changed their mind or something, like, guys, listen, they spent way too much draft capital on Trey Lance. He is going to play when he's healthy. I think that, again, he's somebody he could get cheap. And I, I'm Tyler Lockett. He's a great receiver. He's 30 years old. Like, like he's getting to that point where it's like, okay, how much longer? We, we've seen a lot of 30-year-olds get to the other side of 30 and just drop off. I don't know how much longer Tyler Lockett's going to be an asset. So it was really, to me, it was Chubb, who's obviously Chubb's balling out, but he's 26 and, you know, running backs and dynasty, you got to kind of get ahead, right? And again, like he—if I was contending, I probably wouldn't do that trade. But I'm rebuilding. Look, I—I rather have Trey Lance in the super flex league right now than Chubb for the long term, right? Because I believe he's going to be guy and Elijah Moore. You know, we—we'll see what happens with this trade because I think that he gets traded, right? They—he didn't play this game. It's in this situation where he's always disgruntled, and whoever, he, whatever team he lands up on we seen his talent, right? It's not just somebody in college that we're high on. It's like, we saw him do his thing before he got hurt last year. So I feel like almost any situation is better than the Jets situation right now with Zach Wilson, who's not able to get it done. So I took him. I wanted him as part of that package deal because if he goes to almost anywhere, his value automatically shoots back up. So that's one of the reasons I did that train. Yeah, no, I really like this
0: for so many reasons because one of the sneaky parts about, you know, rebuilding that people don't think about is another little side effect that we've not even talked about. Now, I like the trade for a lot of reasons. I agree with you 100% on trade Lance. I think Sunday just really solidified in my mind. I'm like, yeah, Jimmy G is not the guy. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be the guy this year because they don't have any other options, but he's not the guy, you know, they and they've they've just given away any other draft capital that they had to get exactly. CMC. So there's no chance of them trading for any other quarterback. So, you know, 100%, you're right. And I think in Superflex, we see that the guys who can run are the difference makers, you know, for quarterbacks. if You know, the guys that can run are the real difference makers. Even Justin Fields, the Bears have been awful, but he's been not only startable, he's been decent these last couple of weeks because he runs so much, you know? So 100%, I love that. But one thing I wanted to highlight as well, when you're rebuilding, you trading away Nick Chubb and Tyler Lockett, that just helps you, potentially get the one-on-one you know what i mean it helps exactly. you lose and, and like and that's the thing is so many people you know try to quote unquote you know tank or whatever but they're kind of scummy about it for lack of a better term you know i've seen people setting people in their starting lineup who are on ir or you know they're purposefully doing bad start no, set no, decisions yeah. and that's just not i think that's against the you know it's against the spirit of the game it's against the you know ultimately hopefully you're in leagues with friends or people that you like or people that you want to be in leagues with and that's kind of crappy behavior in my opinion so I think if you're going to tank you got to do it right so him you know you know Troy trading away Chubb and Lockett that definitely helps him lose in an honorable way every week so not only does he get an asset or two assets that are going to be more valuable next year probably and a third which you know thirds a third but just get thirds thrown into deals they, they add up but he's also now helping himself hopefully get in the top two three picks for his you know his own 23 first which is a really strong draft class so I love that um, especially considering that you are a rebuilder and i like it because i've got a trade here for some on the other side where i'm a contender in this league so i'm trying to look at it from a different perspective and again i love getting different perspectives on trades and just on dynasty in general hopefully make the listeners think about things a little bit differently so in this league it's actually a trade that just got done today, like about an hour before the show. So it's fresh. So I'll see what Troy thinks of it here. It is a smaller league. It's only a 10-team league. I'm only in two 10-team leagues. Um, this is a 10-team, one QB, PPR, sort of like a classic, more traditional sort of league. It's like start three wide receivers, um, two running back, two flex, and a tight end. So you do you're still starting a fair amount of, you know, eight or nine, 10 starters, but you're not doing it. It's not a super flex. Now in this league, I've been into the championship game three years in a row. I've only won once because that's what happens. You get to the championship game. It's a flip coin, whether you win or lose. So I've got sort of one of those squads where I've done loads of trades in the last couple of years. I had a really strong squad as you can imagine for the last couple of years but there's a couple of aging players there's a couple of players. I I need to keep things fresh if that makes any sense. So it's a bit of a blockbuster deal. So I've given up my 23 first. I've given up my 24 third. I've given up Terry McLaurin, Darnell Mooney and Tony Pollard. Now what I've received is from the guy who's two and four. So he's kind of out of it this year. He's just just like wanting to get 23 first. Everyone's loving those 23 firsts. Um, But I got Jalen Waddle, Jamison Williams, and a 23 second. For me, the reason why I feel like really good about this deal is because I think everybody is so focused on these 23 firsts that they're overvaluing them like crazy. I think everybody's just sort of assuming any 23 first is going to be gold dust and the player is going to be like, you know, the next Jamar Chase. And we don't know that. I've already said I'm a contender. I could, this could easily be the one ten. We don't know. So you're already, you, you know, people are, you've got to realize it's a twenty It's a late 23 first. And here's why timing is so important in dynasty when you're going to go for trades. So Terry McLaurin just had a great week. You know what I mean? He just had a great week. Finally, he's like a top 15, top 13, whatever it is, wide receiver. For me, I'm actually in this, especially in 10 team or 12 team even leagues, I'm all about like trying to consolidate. So if you've got like four or five sixes. If you can put them together and get 110, you know what I mean? I think that's really worth doing because you want to have the absolute... We've seen it. Injuries happen. Injuries suck. And it's great to have depth, but especially at wide receiver and things like that. If you can get really stud wide receivers, I still personally really believe in Jameson Williams. I think a lot of people have kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit and they're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. The Lions offense looks a bit crap. Not sure about Jared Goff. Don't know what's going on here. Out of sight, out of mind. So I think there's an awful lot going on in this trade, but what are your thoughts, Troy? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Obviously, Jalen Waddle, your boy, is in there, so I'm yeah. sure I get a little bit of style points for that. I
1: think, I mean, I get the rationale. You know, I completely understand the rationale in terms of, you know, Getting rid of Terry because, you know, he's, he's not a great offense. I mean, your only hope is that if he were to get like a one of these top QBs in the class, maybe that boosts his value. But at the same time, I much rather Jamison Williams and Jalen Wild versus any of the assets you gave up. Tony Pollard, I don't know if he's ever going to be the guy. You know, like obviously Zeke's contract is not forever. He's eventually, they're eventually going to move on from him. But I don't think that Tony Pollard is just the RB1 in that offense and Darnell Mooney He's, I mean, his quarterback play has been great, but he's never going to be like that number one wide receiver on the team. So I would, I'm perfectly fine with what you gave up. Really interesting. Actually, I'm going to just hit a
0: question here that I did get off of Twitter because it kind of ties into what we've been talking about here.
1: First question, everyone. Question. 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 I have a lot of questions. It's a ridiculous question. How dare you? This is so
0: important. I should run to answer it. So we did have a question come in here and it is specifically about trades and it actually is about Trey Lance. So I thought it'd be great to bring that in here. So shout out to MJC0810 on Twitter, dropped in a question, said, would you trade a 23 late first for Trey Lance? It's a 12 team, super flex league. He says he has four firsts and four seconds in 2023, but his QBs are pretty bad. He's got Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, and just scraps. He's got like Bailey Zappi, Dalton, you know, (laughs) he's got... Dalton, Andy Dalton, trade uh, to Taylor Heineke. Um, and he also points out the first that he wants to trade away is a team that's two games clear at the top. So he figures it'll be like in the 110 to 112 range, and he's on track to have the one one himself. So those are kind of the 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 parameters, which again, thank you for all the detail. Cause sometimes you get people asking you a question and you're like, Well, what kind of league is it? How what's your situation? He's laid it out quite nicely here. What are your thoughts on it initially, Troy?
1: Easy. I'd easily do that trade because it's like you said, I feel that especially with late first, it's a crapshoot, right? Just you have no idea what you're getting, but you know that Trey Lance is going to be a starter with a very good offense, right? That's basically guaranteed at this point. And I feel that this is probably the cheapest you're going to get him because if he's healthy and he balls out, you're never going to get him for a, just one first ever again. You're going to have to get multiple first and probably on top of that in order to get if he is what everyone thinks he is on this particular offense with that rushing upside, like I'm not saying he's going to be Jalen Hurts, but if he's anywhere near the Jalen Hurts stratosphere, you're not getting anyone like Jalen Hurts for just the first. So it's just like, now is the time to invest in these guys. And like, that's a point. In, that's a strategy in Dynasty. Go for the injured guys. Go for the injured guys on contenders because they're not helping them. They're rotting on their bench. So yeah, I would. Easily, easily do this trade, I, and I agree a hundred percent. I mean, sometimes I know we had a question, I
0: believe, last week, and I had the other side of it, and we kind of went back and forth because I think that's good and that's healthy. But on this one, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I actually was a little bit skeptical when he first injured himself because there'd been all those weird sort of rumors and the way that like Kyle Shanahan had been kind of going about business and treating him and stuff. But just seeing it the way it's played out, and like you said, they're they're kind of pot committed at this stage. I mean, they don't have any really any other options unless Jimmy Zero G somehow <laughs> leads them to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl this year i don't see there being any possible way that they can even think about starting anybody next year other than Jimmy g because they have no draft capital to trade for any decent quarterbacks um and yeah jimmy is not the guy you know we saw it you know we saw it this week he got into a shootout with one of the best which if you want to win the Super Bowls, you're gonna to have to do and he couldn't keep up you know he just got absolutely outgunned and outmanned by patrick mahomes so yeah 100 if i can get him for like a late 23 first and i've got like three other firsts in my back pocket <laughs> for my rebuild then 100 i mean if you want to get cute about it you can try and see if you can like give you know mac jones in a second or something like that and get him but you know for me i'm happy to pay that 23 first if that's what the guy wants so just gonna wrap up here troy's been super generous with his time and i appreciate it but i don't want to let him go without putting him on the hot seat word of the week troy you have been on the show before you know what this is all about this is about a man of thirsty pleasures who's brought us a lot of fun a lot of laughs gonna drop a word of northern irish slang on you and i'm gonna get you to think on your feet here see if you can just have a guess. Think what the what on earth are these guys talking about? What does this mean? And could I use this word in a sentence? So are you ready for this, Troy? I am. So word of the week this week is gurn. So G-U-R-N, the word is gurn. Could you possibly imagine what would that word mean? And how do you think you could try and use it in a sentence?
1: Oh, gurn. Oh, boy. I'd be like, man, that outfit is gurn. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think it means like uh that sucks or that lame i think it's or- a negative thing i think it's negative yeah
0: so you're right you nailed that Gern is actually just like it basically means like you're moaning you're like whining about stuff all the time like ah. man, every time i send you a trade offer, or all you do is gurn about it you know like all you're doing is making excuses or, or like just, just moaning crying about something like just stop gurning about all it so you were right it is a negative you were right you're an amazing <laughs> guest as always troy thank you so much for your time guys thank you for listening if you don't already make sure and go follow troy over at t king mode on twitter check out his content over the football guys destination Devi, fantasy playbook is there anything Specifically, you want to shout out or kind of plug before we go here, Troy?
1: Yeah, so I would say that on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do TL Fantasy Football with Aquan Jones over at Destination Devi. That's fun. We do waiver wire, start sets, things like that. Wednesdays, I do a football guys mailbag show with Dave Kluge and Victoria Geary. That's at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Thursdays, we do the Thursday Thursday halftime show over at Destination Devi. It's only 10 minutes. Rock with Laquan Jones, as well as Samantha Holt, so that's always fun. Just ten minutes during halftime, but yeah, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, just hit me up, follow me. Thank you for the love. Pleasure having
0: you on the show. Hopefully, you'll come back again soon, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed that show. Make sure and be a friend, tell a friend. Make sure and subscribe. Get all those reviews in there. Really appreciate them. Really helps out. Make sure get those, get some w's, get some trades done. More importantly, go get some trade lance It seems like he is a bargain at the moment. So we'll speak to you guys again next week.